Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we'll be looking at some insights and practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that most are familiar with today, but not everyone understands that it really refers to wholeness. It means having our attention and awareness consciously abide in our essential nature. It's knowing the truth of what we are and then being able to live in harmony with that essence. And our guest today, Mark Nepo, is really um, a wonderful guide for how to touch upon that essence and live from it. And we're going to be talking about the endless practice of becoming who we were born to be. Um, Mark Nepo inspires readers and seekers all over the world with his teachings and his books, including uh, the number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. He is beloved uh, as a poet, teacher, and storyteller, and I think after hearing from him this morning, you'll understand why. And he's been called one of the finest spiritual guides of our time. His work is widely accessible and used by many. His books have been translated into more than 20 languages, and his recent work includes the book we're going to be drawing from today that is called The Endless Practice, and uh, the subtitle is Becoming Who You Were Born to Be, and uh, also recently released, uh, Reduced to Joy. Wonderful title, Reduced to Joy, Book of Poems, and now that's available as a CD set and also 7,000 Ways to Listen. Uh, Mark has been a featured guest on the Emmy award-winning series Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey and is a featured guest in Oprah's current The Life You Want 
weekend tour. He's also featured in the upcoming film, The Power of the Heart, which is going to be a beautiful um, film. So you can find out about that at poweroftheheart.com. And Mark devotes his writing and teaching to the journey of inner transformation in a very delightful, inclusive um, way. And he offers readings, lectures, uh, retreats all around the country. His website is marknepo.com. Mark, I'm so delighted you're here with us today. Welcome. No, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. And before we begin our conversation, let's just take a moment to breathe and to Mm. be, which I know uh, from reading your book is one of your favorite (laughs) things to do. (laughs) So let's do that together. Right where you are, just take a moment now to breathe and to be conscious of your breath, to open your heart and your mind to wholeness, to being, to connecting to that one reality that surrounds us and indwells us, being conscious of the breath, we can move our attention from the periphery of things into the depths, just like that, breathing in, feeling our awareness move from our head to our heart, breathing out, just letting go of stress, of restlessness, not trying to change anything. But just be present to what is. And as we breathe, we can notice our thoughts, our feelings arising, moving, changing. And then beyond that, an awareness of our ability to observe beyond all change and phenomena, just pure existence being. We remember in this moment that any time, any time we remember, we can just take a moment to be present, to touch the peace within us, to occupy the larger reality of our being, to consciously abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. This Yoga Hour episode today is part of a series on spiritual practice and so our, in our Kriya Yoga tradition, we, we look at the purpose of spiritual practice, um, not to try to create a spiritual condition, not to try to make ourselves um, more spiritual, but rather as a path of discovery, 
to uh, discern the truth of our being, to um, be able to touch the essence within us, um, to be able to um, touch that larger reality that is called by many different names, and then to live our lives from that openness, from that awareness. So let's start there, Mark, with, um, since we're going to be pulling from the endless practice um, today, how do you define spiritual practice and how do you relate that to becoming who we were born to be? Yeah, thank you. It's wonderful to be with you in this space. You know, let's let's start um, with a little story about practice. Um, and you may you may have heard this, but uh, there's a there's a monk who's uh, going to meditate in the temple, and um, and he he knows he's very experienced. He knows he needs to just incorporate whatever life and sounds around him might happen, but. Off in the corner, he hears this grating noise, and and it annoys him, and he can't he can't get rid of the annoyance, even though he's a practiced meditator. And he looks over, and there's another monk. And what is he doing? He's scrubbing something. So he tries to go back to meditating, <laughs> and, and he still he can't. So he gets up, and he's really annoyed, and he knows he shouldn't be annoyed, which makes him all the more annoyed. <laughs> And he goes over and he says, what are you doing? And without looking up, the other monk says, well, I'm scrubbing the tiles of the floor until they become a mirror. Mm-hmm. And the first monk says, well, you, will, you can't do that. You'll never scrub those tiles till they're a mirror. And without looking up while he's still scrubbing, the other monk says, any more than you will meditate to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I love about that story, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't practice, but it's a reminder that practice is for living. And one of the blessings of practice, I think that there are several things that come, you know, come to heart and mind here for me. You know, one is that practice allows us to inhabit who we are more. And yes, we will get more skillful at whatever it is we're practicing. But I think the real reward for practice is that the immersion opens us into fully being here and the grace of being experiencing a moment of oneness. So to me, the, there's, it, it can be anything you know, it can be formal practice, it can be gardening, it can be uh, singing, it, it can be bre- just simply breathing, even not in, in, in any kind of particular rhythm. You know, it can be listening uh, to a loved one when they don't know you're watching them. Whatever it might be, when we can bring all of who we are to the moment before us, then we have the chance to not just grasp oneness, but to experience oneness. And I I also love, you know, Adyashanti, um, who is a wonderful teacher. He also talks about the other side of practice where he's, you know, he he talks about the, the purpose of 
practice is to exhaust the seeker until there's nothing left to do but be here. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it is so possible um, that, you know, spiritual practice um, can be wrongly um, understood as a thing, you know, as mm-hmm. one more thing, one more thing that we do. And, um, and of course, if approached as a task and, and with that mindset, you know, it does exhaust us. And um, that's why, you know, it's been very helpful to me to, to have this understanding that it's not for the purpose of making ourselves spiritual. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, that is just... Um, you know that that angle in itself is uh, exhausting and it's just one more ruse of the ego you know to to try and um mm-hmm. you know add a, a prayer shawl to our collection of things <laughs> <laughs> and so um and yet um you know while we walk this edge you know certainly uh practice is supportive of um helping us be able to see clearly, helping us be able to become more alive, really, you know. Um, and that's what I see in the heart of your work, that there's just um, a return again and again to this awareness that touches our um aliveness you know what what makes you come alive. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, you know, what, what pumps you up. I mean, right. you know, what, what, allows you to be fully aware in any given moment. Well, I think that that also you touch, as you mentioned, the word return, because this is very uh, important to me. And through my experience, I don't personally believe in an arrived state of enlightenment. For me, life has taught me that to be enlightened means that we live in a way that the light within us comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in the way that the sun emanates light and warmth in all directions without any preference, when we can, can be fully here, then we, like little suns, emanate love and warmth and truth in all directions without And what happens when the sun does that is that things grow to it. So then when we chance to do that, we grow to each other. But, but no one, no one, because we're human, no one can sustain that forever. And so I think that, you know, just as we blink how many times a day and no matter, you know, what energy we have, we have to sleep. And there are times, so I'm terribly awake and then I'm terribly numb. And I'm clear and I'm confused. And, and so I think that, that each person, we're, we're kind of challenged to develop a practice of return. Mm-hmm. Not to judge or beat ourselves up. You know, one day I will be, and you, you know these days where we're so attuned that I could see you start to, to, you know, drop or knock over your tea cup in the kitchen and on those days that I'm attuned, I can, I can actually catch it before it reaches the floor. And other days, unfortunately I'll spill the tea on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's not about judging. I think spiritual practice 
in uh, being spiritually practical is applied applied in the daily world is one of 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 constant course correction mm-hmm. of constant you know i i believe that those who wake are the students and those who stay awake are the teachers mm-hmm. and we keep taking turns it's <laughs> a beautiful way to describe it and i and i think about you know one of the gifts of practice or one of the gifts of however we come to a place of um, a more expanded awareness is that we do have the ability then to know the distinction so you know you describe this this rhythm that that we all experience of um let's call it you know maybe expansion and contraction <laughs> you know where mm-hmm. we're 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 in that you know ego focused mind and we're not aware of the greater whole of the connectedness to others or ourselves and then there's a more expansive way of being in which the heart is open and you know we're more aware more attuned um but I think one of the things that comes with practice is the ability to know the distinction between the two. And, you know, at least that's been the way of my journey. Sure. You know, prior to being, uh, having a path and a practice, I didn't know there was a distinction. <laughs> I just thought there was only that narrow path, you know, even though I had had, you know, certainly life experiences that were opening, um, I didn't. I didn't have a way to define that for myself and to uh, understand that our spiritual practice does give us a way of return. Well, and I think that, you know, I, I, I think that we really can talk about this in terms of, of living with an open heart. And, you know, you know and let, let's look at it and take what, what you've opened here around this um, and talk about it in terms of pain in terms of fear, in terms of worry, you know, and that, you know, one of the things that my cancer journey, you know, from my work, I'm a long-term cancer survivor, and um, one of the things I learned from all that uh, was, is that to be broken is no reason to see all things as broken. You know, that while I was broken, while I was near death, the miracle of life wasn't stopping. The sun was still shining. There was beauty everywhere. And and so one of the difficult things that everyone faces every day, and it's part of the human journey, and is the and to me is a dear deep ground of spiritual practice, is when we were when we are in the throes of difficulty, of pain, of fear, of worry, is not to forget that all of life is not the fear, the pain, and the worry. Mm-hmm. Not to minimize it. We have to, we have to be in what we're experiencing, including that, because they're great teachers. But it's very understandable, because we're human, that you know, this is the way that pain and fear and worry introduce themselves. They are all encompassing initially. So a great way to understand this is I'm walking along on a beautiful day and I stub my foot on a rock. You know, the, the, the way that when you stub it, you think, oh my God, I might have broken my toe. <laughs> 
And in that moment, my entire being is the pain in my toe. Mm -hmm. And now I walk along and I I hobble along for a while and it reduces to a throb, but it's still painful. And now here we are. Mm -hmm. So now it's not to, it's both and. It's not to deny the pain in our toe, but it's not to deny the miracle. It's of life that holds me and the pain in my toe, that holds me and the fear, that holds me and the loss and the grief and whatever it is that I might be going through. So this is the ground of where, like what I call, you know, working faith, not faith in any belief or tradition or anything we can name, but faith in aliveness. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. love the, the, the Protestant uh, theologian Paul Tillich. Mm-hmm. He, defi- he defined faith as an act of ultimate concern. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, you know, I'm, as I'm listening to you describe this scenario, um, I'm thinking about, you know, what you wrote uh, in your book, you know, that we can hold this paradox of what's What's in the way is the way, <laughs> or, you know, or what seems to be, you know, in the way is actually the way because these in these encounters, you know, are always uh, a way in, and they are definitely um, part of our practice. You know, otherwise, you know, if we have this idea that somehow, you know, we're we're just spirituality is some perfected state where we're never going to run into any obstacles, um, you know, the only problem free one teacher said the only time you're going to encounter life as problem free is you know when you when you're dead (laughs) and i'm not even sure that that's true so you know aliveness uh gives us this opportunity to grow and to grow and to discover um the way uh in and the way through you're listening to the yoga hour with guest mark nepo his website is marknepo.com and there's uh, many videos there you can take a look at and discover his work um with oprah when we come back from the break we're going to explore how to become more peaceful with our with others and in the world. We'll be right back with you. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The path to God is not long or difficult or complex. Wherever I am, whatever I am doing... I pause and bring awareness to the one spirit that is within me. I open my mind to the thought of one creative energy enlivening me in the world. I open my heart to the one love that is the essence of life. This love, God's love, is within us all. Spirit needs no books or rituals, wealth or architecture to reveal itself. It is as intimate as a touch and as vast as the infinity of space. I am at peace 
in the simple knowing that wherever I am, God is. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Mark Nepo, poet, teacher, storyteller, um, and author of the book we're drawing from today, The Endless Practice, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be, and um, also his recently uh, released book of poems, Reduced to joy. Um, the title is so inviting. Um, it's just <laughs> sinking, sinking into um, the truth of our being. You know, it's just it's so beautiful. And one of the favorites that I've pulled out, I've come back to again and again from this book, is called um, Made from Bone. Um, and it just so uh, beautifully takes us to that place of how coming into our own essence can be transformative. So, Mark, if you would um, delight us um, and bring right. us into that space, sure. sharing that poem with us. I'd be happy to. So, uh, made from bone. When I can be the truth, it grows more and more clear when it is necessary to tell the truth. That is, when I have access to the place within me that is lighted, I don't have to speak heatedly. I can just give away warmth. When I am still enough to brush quietly with eternity, I don't have to speak of God. I can just offer peace to those around me. A tree grows so it can convey wind. It is not the wind. And a person grows in order to convey spirit. They say that animals recharge their innocence each time they hoof the earth. And we are reborn each time we touch what matters. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Such a beautiful poem and really an invitation back to ourselves and... um, a beautiful teaching in there about, um, you know, when we're able to access our own depths, um, really uh, love being within us. We don't have to 
try so hard to make things happen externally, but we can be a vehicle um, that is a supportive presence. And um, as I mentioned to you during our break, we're, we're getting ready here in San Jose on the 19th of October to have our community nonviolence conference. And it's a, it's a conference that brings people together from all sectors of society to look at really um, how we can um, turn the tide of violence in our culture and in our world. And, of course, you know, spiritual practice is part of that. You know, people approaching it from many different directions. Um, but tell us a little bit about how you understand that this uh, endless practice with us can contribute to um, not just changing the way we are, but bringing this light into our families and into our community and into our world. Well, yes, thank you. I think it's very important, and it, it bears uh, talking about this in a couple of ways. So let me, let me start with a, with a metaphor about how all, you know, when we're talking here like this, it's not just interesting and self-serving. It contributes to the health of the world body. Now, if, you know, we can, it's a both end. You know, if I see violence and I can try to stop it, you know, if I see someone hurt, I can try to help stop the bleeding. And let's open this up now. So if, if you look at humanity as one global body, and if you look at every individual soul as a cell in that body, then when there's, where there's violence, we have disease in the body. Where there's violence, we have toxic, uh, infection. And whenever we singly or together are being who we are authentically and completely, we are strengthening the immune system of the global body. And in the same way that when there's an infection, you know, the immune cells, the white cells rush to the site of the infection, both literally and spiritually, the health of the global body balances the disease of the global body. So every, it's not navel-gazing as, as, you know, popular culture would talk about it. Now, certainly we can be self-centered, but when we are authentically who we are, we drop through the personality, to the place where we all touch each other. So, so uh, let's talk for a minute now about, um, and this really goes to, you know, my, the last book before The Endless Practice was 7,000 Ways to Listen, you mentioned. And, and this is really at the heart of a lot of that inquiry. I view my books as inquiries. You know, that when the purpose of great love and suffering is for us, to feel and remember that we are all the same and we are at heart the same. And so one way, there are two very practical ways, I think, to reduce violence. One is the art of facing things. That is, if I don't face what is mine to face, that need doesn't go anywhere and I will play it out on other people. So if I want to reduce violence in the world, the first thing I can do is commit to facing what is mine to face, to feel what is mine to feel, 
and to deal with what life gives me so that I don't spill it onto others. But the, the second thing is that by listening to the truth of each other, we reduce violence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had, this was really wonderful. It came from a student of mine in a, in a, a, a year-long group I was leading. And she, um, at the, uh, you know, she's in her, her late 60s. And, um, and after all this way, a cousin of hers, who was a fundamentalist uh, Christian, um, contacted her and said, you know, we're getting older. I'd really like to know you better. And somewhere in her, her response was, you know, okay, but only if we share the evidence of each other's lives and not the conclusion. That's profound. Mm Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. profound, because most of the, the, the discord that leads to violence is when we insist and share the conclusions of what it is to be here and not the evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, you, and, and you know, Longfellow, the American poet Longfellow from the 1800s, he said, if we were truly to understand the sufferings of our enemy, they would no longer be our enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you have actually pointed to, uh, uh, interestingly enough, you know what goes on at this community nonviolence conference is that you know people do come in. Um, Father Greg Boyle, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he he's a, a Catholic priest who works in uh, East LA. Um, with uh, gangs there and he Mm. is helping these young people uh, find a new life and he has written a book called tattoos on the heart Mm. and uh so you know he'll be inspiring us and the the title of his talk is something about how to how to sing the song without words you know that that has to do with you know touching soul to soul but anyway we 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 listen you know, to people who are doing this profound work, but the conference concludes with a dialogue where we sit down together with people we have never met, you know, usually people from um, a different background than our own, and we explore, you know, what it means to be fully human, you know, what really matters to each of us, and that's where the real work goes on in terms of uh, nonviolence education, because that's um, that's where we begin to unravel, you know, our ideas about, um, you know, who the other is. Well, and you know, uh, Ramana Maharshi, the great Hindu sage, said, "There are no others. Mm-hmm. There are really? no others." And I think this is the 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 power of when our heart is opened. And, you know, I can get just very simply, and we can extrapolate it to any situation, but, you know, whatever I've been through in my life, once I've been through that suffering, I can no longer close my heart to those who share it. So having survived cancer, I can no longer close my heart to anyone in a life-threatening situation. And, you know, I'm well, I feel good, you know, few years ago, I had a twin, you know, like a pulled, strained something in my back, which I'd never done before. And, you know, suddenly for, you know, it took like a week or so for it to get better. And all, you know, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I couldn't move as freely as I used to. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, now I understand that 
the woman who's even older than me, who before this happened, you know, would take so long to get through the grocery line mm-hmm. that I and everyone would quietly be annoyed, even though we were saying, <laughs> oh, she, well, now that I had that in my back, I understand. Mm-hmm. So now instead yeah. of getting annoyed, I go and help her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the students at our center, um, I, we were looking at, um, you know, emotion and how, you know how we deal with emotion, which you've done a beautiful job of, you know, exploring in this book, the oh, endless practice. You. And um, we were talking about, you know, just those times when, you know, somebody, you, you know, the prime example, somebody cuts you off in traffic and you feel your anger rise, you know. And he, he said, um, he, he developed a mantra, which was, that could have been me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that could have been me who did that unthinking thing in that moment. And um, I thought, you know, that's beautiful. This sort of takes you out of the, you know, it's them against me, you know. No, that that could have been me. I've done that before. You know, I'd, I I don't mean to do it, but I've done it. Oh, sure. And so, you know, that's beautiful. And I think, you know, as I listen to you, you know, talk about how, you know, we we experience our, our vulnerability and we become more compassionate towards others. The other piece of that that I've seen, you know, in the things that I've walked through in my own life is um, at the time of great um, suffering, there is also um, this profound love and giftedness that comes from people (laughs) that is absolutely transforming. It's unforgettable. And so, you know, I think we not only learn from our, our, our pain and our suffering to be more compassionate from others who are going through it, but I also learned from those people who came forward um, and, and gifted me, you know, and gifted my family um, in, in ways that, uh, you know, just affected us so profoundly. Oh, well, yeah, it's very true. And, you know, and I think, and, and, and let me also say and, and, and move into that, but to tie up just before that, that, you know, the life of our feelings is, is so critical in the spiritual journey. We, I believe we can't bypass the life of our, it is through our humanness that our spirit shows itself. And so the challenge for every human being is, not to deny our feelings, because then we're cut off, and whatever we're feeling, especially difficult things, will only enlarge and distort. And also not to drown in our feelings. So a great area of spiritual practice is how to feel what is ours to feel and not elevate it to a code to live by. So Yes, if I'm annoyed or if I'm angry or if I'm upset or if I'm irritated or I get hurt or these, these are all part of the, of the human journey, but they're not, they can't be denied, but they can't be elevated so that we make shrines out of them. <laughs> so one, you know, I, and I think that when we are able to, and this ties into what you just shared, when we are able to be vulnerable 
and to, you know, express whatever it is we're feeling and own it, then it allows other people the chance to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love, um, I mean, two things that this <clears throat> uh, brings up for me. One is that the, the word vulnerable means to carry a wound gracefully. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean stoically. It means to carry a wound openly so that it can be touched by grace. Mm-hmm. So, and and the other is about the nature of kindness. You know, I I, I believe that human beings are naturally kind, <clears throat> and uh, you know, and certainly there's been throughout history this this argument um, that well, you know, look at all the cruelty, look at all the terrible things that have happened, and you know, I, I love uh, there was a Chinese philosopher a descendant of Confucius, Mencius, M-E-N-C-I-U-S. He lived about 200 years after Confucius. And he had this beautiful way of talking about human kindness. He said, in the same way that water allowed its own nature will always flow downhill and join other water, human beings are naturally kind, and they will always flow to each other. Now, water can be manipulated to go uphill and in different directions by ourselves or others or circumstance, but allowed its own nature, it will always flow downhill and join other water. And it's the same thing with human beings. Mm -hmm. And you know, Mark, when we come back from this next break, let's talk about... If it's possible, let's talk about why that's so. You know, sure. what, what is it that brings that um, forth in us, and why is you know love and compassion and kindness um, enduring? Um, that's an important question. Uh, I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest today, Mark Nepo. His website is marknepo n e p o dot Calm, and we'll be right back with you. Have you seen Unity Magazine lately? There's a new editor, a fresh new look, and now Unity Magazine has gone digital. Print subscribers, you can access Unity Magazine for free from your computer or mobile device. Non-subscribers can buy single digital issues through Google Play, Amazon, and the Apple Store. Sign up at our website and let Unity Magazine become your favorite digital resource for spirituality and inspiration. To learn more, visit unitymagazine.org slash digital. What if you were intentional about your life? committed to having more energy and being more vibrant. Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how 
each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and our guest today is Mark Nepo, author of many books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening, and this latest book, The Endless Practice, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be, is what we've been um, touching on in our conversation today. And um, before the break, Mark, you were talking about um, your... Um, your sense that, you know, human beings or your faith that, you know, we are fundamentally kind, you know, that is intrinsic uh, to our nature, if I understood correctly what you were saying. So I really wanted to hear more um, about that. You know, wh- sure. why, why do you think that's so? <laughs> well, I think let's, let's, let's back up a, a little bit and, and let me, let me say and offer, I think that human beings, you know, the, the soul calls us to be in our aliveness as much as possible. So being in that aliveness is our career. Where that happens is our occupation. So we are drawn to be alive and to each other uh, as long as we breathe. So being the authenticity in the same way that a fire gives off warmth and heat, when we are authentic, when we are, can be who we are and who we're born to be, and I say it's an endless practice because we don't arrive, we grow, then we are naturally kind. That is, we are naturally looking for connections with other life, we are naturally receptive. We are naturally, um, we join and merge with other beings. And when we are naturally kind, we also, I think, inhabit the truth. And Plato said this, that we are born whole, W-H-O-L-E, but we need each other to be complete. So, the kindness allows us to be inclusive and not exclusive. It allows me to say, yes, I need to be who I am, and now I need everything I'm not to complete myself. And the other thing about kindness is it's not just to be altruistic. Kindness is, has the same root as kinship. Kindness reveals kinship. Kindness also, the strength of our kindness dilutes the sting of the world. There is a strength in kindness. So the reward for being kind 
is that in the moment that we touch in whatever way, I am allowed briefly to feel the pain that everyone has ever felt in the world, the love that everyone has ever felt. You know, in the moment that I am rocking you, if you are hurting, we are in the moment of everyone who ever held another person since the beginning of time. And that, being in that sea of spirit, is really where resilience comes from. Mm-hmm. Is that's yeah. Mm-hmm. That vast openness, I think, in discovering that the heart, our essence of being, can actually be that vast, you know, to contain all that is. Um, you know, it's hard to put into words, but that's what I'm I'm hearing and, you know, feeling as you describe uh, kindness in that way as kinship. And, you know, and in, in your, we've been talking about our relationship with um, other people, um, but also in your work, um, which makes perfect sense to me, you know, you, you're, you draw a lot from nature, from our kinship, you know, not only with other people, but from all of nature you you've written our lungs breathe the sky in every breath our heart feels the sea and every feeling um and so you know i find of course the natural world to be um a doorway <laughs> into coming back to myself Absolutely. you know yeah. um and i feel so blessed um by the abundance of nature, you know, that allows me to do it. And in, uh, there's a, a beautiful, I don't know if you've read the teachings about the sage Dattatreya, who, who says he has 24 teachers. 24 gurus and you know and 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 the person interviewing him is is curious you know how do you have 24 gurus and uh it's it's that there's he says you know there's so much to learn from everyone and everything and uh so the 24 gurus include you know mother earth uh includes water and fire and wind and uh space and the moon and you know so so on and and so forth um and uh and also um a bee you know i was reading how a bee taught you (laughs) in your book Uh, a little little bumblebee taught you about how you could hold fear in a different way well and i think that this also that you bring that up because it relates to our conversation about violence earlier and so, you know, this was where um, I was jogging and I sat on a bench in the sun and a bee landed near me on the bench. And then I grew up where, you know, my mother was, you know, didn't really like bugs. And, you know, if a, if a fly or something was in the house, everything had to stop until we got rid of the fly, and which usually meant either, you know, swatting it or something. And so... Now, this is important because this is what I was taught. Without realizing it, I inherited, oh, this feels uncomfortable, fearful, kill it. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And for some reason, on that day, I don't know why. Maybe I was tired from you know from running and being exhausted. I I was able to slip for a second below what I inherited, and I thought, huh, that's an odd thing to do. Why should I do that? I'm so much bigger than this bee, and it's not really bothering me. It might be dangerous. I don't know. So I did an experiment, and I just sat and waited, and the bee got closer. Mm-hmm. But as the bee, and I had a little rush of fear, but then, I, because the bee was closer, I could see it more clearly, and I saw that its stinger was not protruded. So I knew, because I allowed it to get closer, I had more information, and I could see it was still safe. And finally, the bee actually landed on my arm, and then it flew away. And what that bee taught me is very profound. Every human being has a ring about us of actual safety. That is, whether it's two feet, three feet, whatever it might be, where if something unknown or threatening comes within that ring, we legitimately feel our safety is questioned. However, every human being has a ring of fear that is much farther than our ring of safety where we believe that if something comes beyond that line, our safety is threatened when it's not. And so our job, part of our spiritual practice, if we want to reduce violence in the world, is to work on bringing our ring of fear and our ring of safety more accurately in line. Because when our ring of fear is a block away, and our actual ring of safety is a foot away, we keep life at a distance. We're untouchable, and we're fearful, and then we wonder why we're so lonely. Mm-hmm. And we really reduce our own aliveness uh, in that process. So, you know, learning how um, to open ourselves to be able to observe, you know, what is, what is really true? <laughs> what is really true in this moment? And the, and the teaching from the bee that you share in your book, The Endless Practice, is, is a delightful example of, you know, how just sitting and being aware and looking and being able to notice, you know, what's arising that's really f- superimposing the past on the present, you know, the stories about bugs, um, mm-hmm. being, uh, superimposed on that little bee that really didn't relate to that bee. So um, I thank you for that rich story and uh, for this wonderful book, The Endless Practice, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be, and this book of poems, uh, Reduced to Joy. And thank you so much for joining me on the Yoga Hour today, Mark, and um, I hope we'll have an opportunity to do this again. Well, thank you very much. It's just been a wonderful to journey together. And uh, I want to invite uh, invite listeners to um, take a journey over to Mark's uh, website, marknepo.com, and you'll find lots of resources there. And you can also see the trailer of this new um, film that's coming out that he's uh, featured in called The Power of the Heart. And if you just um, go to poweroftheheart.com, there's a trailer there. <clears throat> and I mentioned this morning the upcoming community nonviolence conference. You can go to carrythevision.org, carrythevision.org. 
uh, if you're in the Bay Area, and you can register for that conference. Um, for more information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour um, through iTunes. It's free and a wonderful way to um, engage with us. I look forward to being with you next week. My guest will be Acharya Shunya Pratichi Matur. And until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Um, thanks again, Mark, and uh, thank you, Jeff, in the sound room. Bye, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share to be fruitful and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 